When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to another big hour of the Jack and Payne show with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne on 1629 SEN Hobart and right around the country on the SEN app. We're here thanks to Harrison Agents, the Tasmanian real estate special, specialists, and Jack, we've got a huge guest coming up here. Don't Tasmanian we? cricket royalty, uh, the new chief selector not chairman of selectors chief, chief of selectors the chief the chief the maestro george bailey george thanks for joining us today pleasure i don't get nervous before many interviews but i'm i'm a little edgy i've got to say talking to you too join the club join the club we're not sure where this is going to go we'll start right at the exactly. top though with obviously today the first time you fronted the media with a huge announcement uh the world cup t20 squad your 15-man squad was announced uh, take us through it. You're happy with it? Um, few surprises, some would say. Uh, well, I wasn't surprised. Um, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I, yeah, I, I had it all covered. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been... Uh, it's interesting when you look through that squad. It's, it's been a long time since we've um, since we've really had a... You would say, you know, everyone on deck is, in terms of put, being able to put a full squad together. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think everyone's been really fixated on the results of the past couple of series, but I think there's been also been some really positive outcomes that being able to expose some some players and particularly some younger players who may not have had that opportunity had we just been barreling out the the same team each and every time. So to get back and and have um, you know a few guys come back into that squad and, and get it back down on paper, it looks it looks great. It's a very experienced team. Um, I think it's really well balanced. One of the things that we're really conscious of with this World Cup. Is there's a huge amount of cricket on the on the wickets in the UAE before we even um, we even start our campaign. So we're, we're a little unsure as to what we're going to get conditions-wise. So we've um, yeah we've tried to we've tried to pick a squad that, that's got a little bit of everything in it. You speak there, Bales, about obviously the the World Cup being played over there in the UAE. Um, and the uh, Indian Premier League is still due to finish, and a lot of the players that are playing or have been picked in the in the World Cup squad will be heading over there. How closely do you watch that uh, that format of the game and that 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 Premier League to to pick the actual starting team? Um, and will you hone in on on areas of I suppose the pitches where we're, where they're playing in terms of what team you're going to pick as well? Yeah, it's a, it's well, it's a captivating tournament for a number of reasons. Um, um, you know, I think the fact that our players get to play there—that it's a—it's—it's uh, it's pretty unique in the in the caliber of overseas players that it that it um, that it drags to it. So you're getting 
as a player there, you're getting access to a, a wider range of, of voices and a way of going about things. So I think it's hugely beneficial from that point of view. Um, so certainly some of our players get to expand their roles a little bit. I think someone like um, Marcus Stoinis is a good example. He's you know, spent a lot of time batting at the top of the order for the Melbourne Stars, but uh, has, um, has spent a lot of time batting in the middle for the for the for his team at Delhi and um, and that's that's the role that we're looking to utilize him a little bit more for Australia so for him to get a bit of exposure there um, and and to start to build his game around that that's great um, yeah it's just a it's uh, again the guys on the same sorts of conditions so um, you know on the same sorts of wickets so they'll get a good feel and and you know probably the greatest thing and the same thing's coming back at us obviously but you've got players who are just constantly learning about the other best players in the world and, and hopefully coming back with some tactics and, and how we can negate them and, and how we can come and play our best cricket against them as well. So a really interesting point that you make about Marcus Stoinis is the the, the, the fact that he does open for, for the T20 side over here for for the big in the Big Bash, but it's probably been, I suppose, a query on the selection in the past is that we've, we've always sort of picked players that just bat at the top of the order and then fitted them in. Is it a request of you to ask Marcus to go and ask to, to play in a, in a different part of the, uh, in a different part of the order? Yeah. I just tell Ricky Ponning, who's his coach here at Delhi. I just tell him exactly where I want to join the bat and, and punters generally listens to everything I say. Um, no, look, I, that, that, I think there was a, a period where that was a valid, um, a valid criticism. Um, but, but the other thing I think around T20 cricket and around franchises is the best players are the best players for a reason. There's limited resources and depending where they go, you want them to be facing the maximum amount of balls. And um, and so it's not it's not a unique situation uh, in Australia where players are, are often changing their position or having to adapt to different roles. Um, I think you know, I've got great admiration for the way England go about there white ball cricket in general at the moment and I reckon a couple of their players I've seen um, Josh Butler open the batting about in the middle I've seen Johnny Bairstow open the batting and bat in the middle Liam Livingston grabs any opportunity he can that's been at the top that's been in the middle I've seen Ben Stokes open in the IPL um, in Australia and bat in the middle so um, yeah, it's just it's I think it's the modern day player. They have to be a little more flexible. Um, you have to be adaptable, and, and depending what your team needs at that time, that's that's what you need. Um, you know, the the one role that I think Australia are crying out for, and um, and this has been highlighted. You know, I think teams for a long time focused on openers as being the key to their T20 tournaments. So I think there's been a bit of a shift now to to that real number six role, and um, almost the most valuable batsmen in the world at the moment are those guys who can nail down that, that number six role, Kieran Pollard's, Hardik Pandya's, uh, Andre Russell's, Owen Morgan's done it pretty consistently for England. So that, that's the um, sort of the holy grail if you can find someone who could nail that role. Yeah, absolutely. Baz, you touched there a little bit on, on the modern-day player. I'm fascinated to ask you about the modern-day selector. I think it's fair to say over the years that the average age of a selector, an Australian selector, has been probably over 60 looking at, at Trevor Holmes just finishing, Rodney Marsh, John Inverarity. Uh, apart from dress sense, you are a hell of a lot different. What what does, I suppose, the new age selector's role involve? Has it changed? Uh, what actually goes into it and, and why did it appeal to you? I think my golf swings had some uh, some <laughs> criticism about looking like an old man as well at times. It does. Um, oh, I think it's just, it's a, it's, 
it's unique. And we we talk about T20 like it's um, you know like we've got it all sorted and we've worked it out. It, it's still such a new format. Um, and and on top of that, you're also trying to uh, combat the rise of of players balancing. Um, their desire and, and want to play for their country versus um, being able to earn a huge amount of money in a short space of time for some of these franchise teams. And, um, you know, everyone will have different opinions on that. And, um, you know, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think some of the players that are, that are necessarily playing the franchise cricket think any less of, less of playing for their country, but they're also um, aware that, you have a lifespan as, a, as an athlete, um, apart from you, Jack, who just evergreen, well, both of you actually, evergreen, you just keep going and going, but mo- most of the mere mortals that have, a, have a bit of a lifespan. So they, um, they're pretty conscious of, of trying to balance the two. So um, I think I've had a unique journey in that aspect. I've, I've been part of T20 cricket, um, the revolution, I guess, and um, I've been a, a, a balanced playing IPL and, and playing Australia and playing for your state and what that what that sort of looks like. So um, hopefully I'm bringing a perspective um, that the players can relate to, but also you know trying to get that balance of making sure that playing for Australia remains you know remains as prestigious and, and the pinnacle. Uh, I think that's really important both from you know from the Australian cricket point of view, but also for the you know for the greater good of the game. One of the talking points, mate, that's come from, from the announcements yesterday of that T20 World Cup side has been the selection of uh, well, uncapped Josh Inglis, the wiki keeper, or the backup wiki to Matthew Wade ahead of, ahead, of, ahead sorry, of Alex Carey, who a lot of people have seen as the, well, I suppose, the, the next in line to, to be the, the test keeper and also be the one-day keeper. Can you run us through that, that selection? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, right off the bat, make no mistake, Alex Carey is still our one-day keeper. Um, I, I think that, again, is something that people get caught up in a lot and, and um, bundle the white ball, the coloured clothing formats together. But um, one-day cricket and T20 cricket are, are so different. Um, it's like comparing red wine to white in many respects. So, um, so you know, Alex Carey specifically, he he will play a lot more cricket for Australia, and um, and we were just so thrilled with both his performance um, in the in the one days in the West Indies and and his leadership as well. So um, he had a he had a great series from that respect. Um, Josh is Josh is not it's not a a bolt from the blue um, certainly from us internally. We've um, we've been really impressed with him for for twelve. 12 months um, and across all formats too. You know, he's, he's just continued to get better and better and, and really, um, and really close the gap on, on the Australian keepers that have been ahead of him fast um, in the last few months. He, he was one, you know, he, he wasn't, wasn't on his lonesome in a group of players that we knew were heading to England um, for this season and really conscious of weighing up um, which guys to, to, to call back to go on that West Indies and Bangladesh tour to try and maximise guys' cricket. We, we were really conscious of bringing guys back and then potentially having them be 12th or 13th man for a lot of that trip um, versus him being able to put his best foot forward, play a lot of cricket for Leicester in the blast, which he did, leading run scorer, um, a couple of hundred there and, and you know really influential work at the top. And, there, and then he picked up a, a um, replacement gig in the 100 too. Um, so that that's been great. You know, he's a good player of spin. That's that's been great feedback on him for a number of years. Um, great keeper, and I guess the icing on the cake from our point of view in terms of adding him into that squad was that he's 
he has batted um, both at the top with success and, and through the middle, and that was something that we were really impressed with, his, how quickly he adapted to that role last year for the Perth Scorchers. Yep, here, here, George. Terrific selection, I think. Josh Inglis in form. As you said, extremely flexible, can bat anywhere, and he's clearly one of the best, if not the best, keeper in the country. Now, we've had enough of white ball, George. Jack has been waiting all week to get you on because he wants to talk Ashes. He's a test cricket purist. The he's purist. got some things he wants to ask you. He wants to pick his side. I said he's got a little window that he can pepper you with a couple of questions here, but... He he wants to talk Ashes cricket. He's had enough of the white. Jack, you know you know we have a, there's a roll up for grabs at the moment. We, we're what? on the lookout for a selector. Well, so okay. if, you, if you nail this segment, mate, this is the the role's yours. So throw it at me. All right. Um, can we play two spinners? <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, you, you can. Absolutely. Yeah, no, but is is it is it a viable option? The 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 question. Obviously, Sydney's a spinner's wicket. Um, whether or not we're going to be able to play in Sydney is, is interesting. Um, I'm pushing for another Hobart test, and certainly an Ashes Hobart test, which would be fantastic. The, the question I want to ask is, can you play two spinners under lights at Adelaide? Uh, the answer is you absolutely can. Um, would you? Would you? Probably not. No. Okay. Um, probably not. Having said that... I, my cricket history. I'm not sure if there are any teams that that have um, done that, but you'd be hard pressed. I, I reckon if you look at our fast bowlers uh, and their pink ball records, you'd be hard pressed to drag the ball out of their hands. Um, and I think Nathan Lyon's done a, a pretty serviceable job. Um, very much tongue in cheek. He's done an outstanding job when when he's got the ball in his hands too. So you've got to, uh, yeah, you've got to be pretty. You know, very much a horses for courses. I would love you, you say the SCG's a spinner's wicket. I, I would love for that for that ground to regain a bit of its, um, I guess the you know the uh, unique characteristics that we that we do because I, I actually don't think it's been a spinner's wicket um, certainly in Test matches for, for a number of years. But is that due to the drop in? Do you think uh, the SCG drop ins? I'm pretty sure yeah. it might be might be right. dropping. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah I, mean, I think I think the dropping. I mean, it's obviously had a huge effect in in Adelaide. Um, I think it's changed the MCG, and they are they they they're pretty they're pretty different. Um, but one of the great things I, I don't know how much cricket you watch in England, but one of the great things I love about watching cricket in England is the the natural deterioration of a wicket across five days, and quite often a wicket that. Is seeming and swinging on day one is is turning square on day five and um, and I think that's the ultimate in a in a test wicket um, and there's no doubt that the SCG is a wicket that that can still provide that so yeah you'd, you'd love nothing more than um, than the opportunity to play two swin- two spinners I think um, you know Mitchell Swepson's another one who's who's in that World Cup squad I, I thought his season last year was fantastic and um, and yeah I'd be thrilled if we had the opportunity to roll out. Um, Swepo and Gaz in a test at some stage in the future. Only got to look at that last uh, test at Lords to, to see how much of an impact the, the Indian team had in that last or last two bits of play there when they uh, obviously won the game. The next question I want to ask is openers. It's been a, a bit of a rotation policy of late. Who, who are the names that we can expect to see vying for the for the opening position? Uh, who, who are your who are your names? Oh, throw, cl- you throw yours at me. <laughs> Warner. He's he's the one. Um, 
form started to drop off. Not a lot of Red Bull cricket. Is he a guaranteed lock to, to play? Yeah, I think so, mate. I think, uh, you know, Davey Warner's record over a long, long period of time is, is very, very strong, particularly in Australia, uh, particularly in big series. So, um, yeah, he hasn't, he's, he's missed a little bit of cricket, um, injured for a, a lot of the tests last summer. So, um, and, you know, probably came back early because he was so desperate to try and have an impact in that series. So, um, yeah, really, really excited about having, having a fit and firing David Warner at the top of the order. Pukowski, where does he sit at the moment? Yeah, Puck, I mean, he's um, chatting to him this week. He's, he's on the mend from his shoulder surgery, which is, which is really promising. There's, um, it, uh, it takes a bit of time and you, you, can, you, you, tell, um, you tell the young blokes that coming back from surgery and particularly for your cross-bat shots to get, to get right back to full confidence of being able to, um, to, to I guess, let your body um, play those shots with the full naturalness that you need. So he's building up to that and, and you know, fully expecting that he will uh, he'll be available for, for all of, uh, certainly all of the, the shield rounds um, leading into the test, which is, which is really promising. Um, and I guess another one to throw in the mix, you know, Marcus Harris has had, um, had an opportunity late in the summer last year and has gone across to England and, and had a really good summer too and continues to develop his game. So, um, they're, they're three, certainly three guys who um, you'd be comfortable to sit at the top of the order. Happy with those answers, Jack? You done? Yeah, no, the, the only other one I had was, uh, can you give me a smoky? Oh, I want to hear a name that we, we don't talk about a lot. Now, it doesn't have to be an opener. It doesn't have to be can be any position. Is there is there a smoky that someone that you really like, George, that maybe you've got a, I know you're the chief selector, but you've still got a panel there. Is there someone that you really like that you would like to get in or even just get into the to the squad to see what it's like to to be a part of an Ashes tour or an Ashes team, yeah, sorry? Yeah, there is. There absolutely is, and I'm glad you asked. It's the bloke who scores 400s in the first four Shield games <laughs> in the lead-up to the Ashes. That's the so, bloke. Who's, who's that going to be? <laughs> that's, the, that's the bit, mate. That's the bit. No, I, mate, I, I, um, one of my... Um, one of the things... I, I make no predictions. I, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people that um, love trying to predict the next... Ricky Ponting or the or the next Tim Payne, but um, my experience is that people develop and and um, you know people can have all the talent they like, but there's a whole combination of, of what it takes to um to emerge from the pack and end up in that Australian cricket team. Um, and far better for me to try and try and pick someone um, you know before their time. It uh, it happens naturally. Everyone I know. You know across the, across the country, everyone's working their backside off to be the best cricketer they can and. Um, yeah, hopefully we're in a position where there's, you know, it's not one smoky, but you're trying to you're trying to pick from three or four. Yeah, absolutely, George. Look, mate, thanks very much for coming on. We've certainly appreciated you taking the time. Uh, you've been put through the ringer for our, our cricket expert Jack Rewalt, which has been sensational. So, do you want the one? Do you want the one last mate? question, Payne, before he goes? Where one last question. Out of, out okay. of, this isn't doing anything cricket. Right. What's harder, looking after the Australian cricket team, or selecting the Australian cricket team, or keeping Nick Revolt and Tim Payne in line with the, their body fit <laughs> and your body fit venture that you're all going in? Because I'm hearing that you're doing all the work and they're just there for the photos. Is that correct? I'll tell you what is hard, trying to get them into a T-shirt, not a singlet when we are doing a photo <laughs> Come on, George. You've worn singlet more times no. than I have. No, it's going absolutely beautiful, the body fit. And um, I must admit... I'm probably not up to Nick and Tim's level yet, but I am in career best Nick at the moment. So career best. <laughs> yep. No Australia's fittest selector. 
The world's fittest selector, George Bailey. Mate, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate your time um, coming on with the show, Jack and Paney. Up next, we've got David, the Flashman Lithgow, who joins us with someone who has this week become instant folklore Tasmanian sporting legend with a huge bag of goals last weekend. This is Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart.